Hello. Thank you for listening to and watching you at Options. Uh, this episode, I have Dan Levy from the band uh, In the Meantime. Good chat with him. Talk about uh, talk about everything. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. Yeah, great guy. Um, check out. Uh, they've got a new record out called. Adolescent Purgatory. Sorry, I forgot the name. Uh, yeah, check it out wherever you listen to, to music. Um, check them out online. IT Meantime um, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, he, he, he plugs everything towards the end of this episode. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. They're playing Pooza Fest in May. Yeah, check them out. Make sure you uh, follow you at options at you at options on instagram um go and subscribe on the youtube channel uh go you can go buy some merch at uh the handsome slash shop there's a there's a um there's a you at option shirt on there maybe i'll maybe i'll get a new design i don't know but yeah thanks for listening Thank you for joining. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, man, this is cool, and thanks for inviting me. And uh, it's it's I'm pumped. Honestly, I'm a I'm a podcast guy, so Hell yeah, getting what? to participate is something I'm excited for. Okay, what what podcast? What, what what are you listening to now? What's your go to podcast? Podcasts, um, dude, like I'm such a nerd. Like I've got like three astronomy podcasts, um. Let's see. One about all the presidents. Uh, I've got, you know, like I'm in the car a lot in the winter. Um, in the summer, I work outside all day. Uh, but in the winter, like my off season, a lot of times I'm just like delivering food or like yeah. making runs for people, traveling. So I'm, I'm in there a lot. So I like, you know, and I'm, I'm a super nerd, dude. Like I just love getting deep like i listen to these two canadian dudes talk about like telescope eyepieces and stuff like it's it's like i've got time on my hands so you know i get deep into it uh i deep dove into your podcast because uh yeah dude like well you know what's funny is um sorry my cat might join both of my cats might join us here but this is uh this is marlon brando (laughs) okay (laughs) so say hello um yeah dude like um I used to see like, you know, I'd see you add options on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, like a podcast for like our scene, you know, yeah. like that's cool that somebody's doing that. But I didn't know it was you. Oh, and like cool. little by little, it kind of dawned on me. you know. And then and then like just about the time that I kind of put it all together, you hit me up to do it like two days later. So I was like, oh, awesome. Cool. And then like. You know, like I asked you, like, oh, do you need me to prep anything on my end? Or, like, should I be, you know, and you were like, nah. But I'm like, dude, like, the way I am is, like, I'm always, I can't help myself. You know, like, I want to <laughs> I wanna do something as good as I can possibly do it, you know, or or maybe I've sabotaged that by prepping. Oh, <laughs> but, like, I was like, oh, I want to see, I want to see the vibe. I want to see, like, what he does. So, like. I think over the last 48 hours, I listened to like seven or 80 hours. Oh, hell yeah. I actually watched them on YouTube. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and I realized I had a bunch of friends who have been on it. And it's like, these motherfuckers aren't promoing for you, dude. Because like, I should know that DM's been on your podcast. He should be telling, like, if anybody's going to see it, I should be seeing it. Oh, it's like, I'm going to spread the word, man. The, oh, you had options. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I just like talking to people. It's been a cool way to like, uh, yeah, I've just cold messaged a whole bunch of people, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been lucky enough to get some cool people on. Yeah, dude, and like, um, you know, I kind of got, you know, I kind of 
just by checking out different ones, got like different periods of time and like seeing how it's evolved. And it's really cool what you're doing. Thank and you. it's if I, if I understand correctly, it seems like it was kind of, you know, inspired by the pandemic. But like, here we are, not that the pandemic's done, but like you're still doing it and you can see like the progression. It's cool. Thanks, man. That, that, that means a lot. Yeah, because it's like, you know, when you're doing stuff and, you know, especially like being in a band or doing anything creative, it's just like, why am I doing it? Like sometimes you're just like just sending it out into the void, into nothing and, you know, see if somebody, yeah. you know, hears it. It's a combination of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And of course, this is why I'm doing this, and right. I can never do anything else. Right. <laughs> it's like the two totally opposite feelings tugging at you at the mm-hmm. same time. But uh, that's great, man. And like, what you're doing is something I think is good for a scene like ours. Like, dude, you're doing like a super niche podcast, but like, <laughs> you know, I was talking uh, to Steve, uh, the other, you know, guy, I think you met him. And in the meantime, when we did the yeah. show together, um, and we're always talking about stuff like that, like what's going on in the scene and bands and music and, you know, from our DIY standpoint. And there's all these people in the scene, like whether it's people in bands or people like feed the scene where it's like they're not yeah. playing music, but like what they do is contributing to it. And like photographers and promoters and all these people that like some of them are also in bands, but some of them like they're not even playing. And I said to Steve one time, I'm like, dude, like doing this band stuff, like we're kind of just like insane people. Like, you know, like, we sacrifice so much and like you try to do so much and you go so long without getting the payoff. And then you get like the payoff that makes you want to keep doing yeah. it. And then I'm like, you look at someone like Rachel and Kaylee and the other people that feed the scene. It's like, they give so much and they're always like working so hard on so many things and they're not even playing. Like, why right. are they do, why are they so nice to us? Like, why are they doing this for us? And he's like, yeah, but like for them, like, that's their way of like being part of the scene yeah. and participating in it. And that's their contribution. And like, I think what you're doing with this podcast fits right into that where it's like, Man. this is something that lets people in the scene kind of, you know, I've heard of like some of the people from bands you had on, like I've heard of the bands, but then I watched the episode and I'm like, Oh cool. Like, all right, now I got an idea of this guy and what their bands about, what they're up to. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I watched the episode you did with Tony from Fest, and it's yeah. like getting all that wrestling talk, dude. Like, I'm not a wrestling fan, but that yeah. was fascinating to me. Like that little their scene and and seeing sides of these people that I don't know just from my interactions with them. So, you know, this is going to be the I love your podcast hour with Dan. Hey, man, but, I love it. But, now we, but I just you know I just want to show my appreciation. I think what you're doing is important and uh, it's cool. Thanks. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, because it's like you were saying, it's like sometimes you're just like, why yeah, why do you do this? And it's like for this, there's like I'm not spending a lot of it's not like being in doing like band stuff where like you could lose a shit ton of money or anything like that. So could, it, it's could lose, right? Yeah. Could lose money. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, when you Kurt's are losing money. I know. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, people who uh, who aren't in bands, they don't you know, they don't know with the uh you're just eating shit all the time and losing money all the time just dumping money and but yeah like you said yeah you get that like one good show or whatever or somebody reaches out says your album's cool or whatever and it's a little little jolt of like okay uh, i guess i'll keep doing yeah there's all these different little payoffs and like believe it or not what I'm starting to try to do, and I know this is insane, you'll probably be able to relate to this being another person in the performing arts. I am trying to finally get my payoffs from myself. Imagine that, you know, like being proud of something I did without having to wait for everyone yeah. else to also, yeah. you know, and I think that a lot of people, you know, not, I'll, I'll speak more, to, I'll speak to myself for sure, you know, maybe more so when I was younger, but like so much of what I do and was doing as much as I love it. It's like you take all these risks that people don't understand. Yeah. And they're kind of almost like trying to let you know nicely that what you're doing might not be the best idea. <laughs> and it's like when you get a payoff or a success, yeah. it's like almost like you're getting that validation of like, no, this is worth it. Like there yeah. is a, like I'm making a lot of sacrifices, but it's because of this. 
And now I'm just trying to get that for myself without needing to like prove to other people that what I'm doing is worthwhile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something I struggle with and it's tough to be like, Hey man, that is a cool thing you did, you know, for Mm -hmm. me, especially it's, yeah. 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 Well, you know, a lot more therapy and maybe I'll get there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh shit. But yeah, the, uh, you, you have long hair now. I think last time I saw you at fest, you might've had long hair, but this is, a. Uh... you do too. My I friend. Know. This is, uh, this is pandemic. <laughs> this is also pandemic in, uh, inspired. Yeah. Awesome. Um, when did, so I know that we did the show in Hong Kong in Cambridge, right? Um, and then I remember running into you guys at Fest. Was that at Dirty Nelly's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you remember if that was 2018 or 2019? That had to. Was have... it the, was it the most the most uh, the pre pandemic Fest or like it that? Had, yeah, it had to have been 19, 2019. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think some of this hair is the same hair. <laughs> but at that point, it was like, oh, I've got long hair because I used to just always be a short hair guy. Me too. Yeah. You know, um, I'm 37. So I'm just like pumped to have my hair. <laughs> right, and it became, you know, it was, I was kind of like, it was growing out a little bit long as it was. And then it was like the pandemic. So I'm like, oh, I'll like hold off on haircuts. Then it was long enough where I'm like, you know what? I've never like had long hair in my life. And like, this is the time to do it. Yeah. And I probably won't do it again. Yeah. And now it's like, because I know I won't do it again, there's such a finality in it where it's like, from here on, it's always going to be less hair, not more hair, you know? Yeah. Damn, dude. But, uh, That's deep. So, That's, I don't know. Heavy. We'll see where it goes, but it's fun rocking out with it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, have you guys, have you guys got to play at all? Like, uh, yeah, we've played a couple of shows towards the end of uh, last year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. You know, it's yeah. You get it, to rock out with the hair or what? Yeah, I you know, got my face. Working it. Yeah, oh yeah, you got to man. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, uh, but uh, have you guys been able to uh, get back to playing shows since pandemic Oof. stuff? Well, it's been it's been quite the road for us. We did finally. Um, let's see, when was that? End of February, we did our first show. Um, during the pandemic, we did a release, but we've been sitting on this EP for a while, um, Adolescent Purgatory. Yeah. And we, we did it. We, we were kind of hoping that like some, uh, maybe a label would want to get involved. I mean, we're an unsigned band, no booking right. agent. Yeah. Um, you know, we're down to tour, you know, like we, we like touring. We'll do the DIY tours, but we're down to do more. Um, but, you know, you know, you, you can DIY book a lot, but there is a sailing on what you can do. So we were kind of like, you know, we've got our lineup set, like everybody's available. We've got this new release. Maybe like we can, being willing to tour, maybe we can get someone to pick it up. And like, you know, we kind of sat on it for a little bit and then we kind of had a timeline of like, you know, if nothing percolates by X, we'll release it. And then there was the pandemic. So it was like, okay, nobody is going to pick up a new band now. And also like, do we even want to do this release? We didn't have the, the, the crystal ball to know how long this would last. So the release, like it was a real long time before we finally did it. And we were like, you know what? Like, let's just release it and we'll do like a live stream release show. Okay. And we did, and, and I got to give Steve credit because we did live, like live. Right. Not pre-recorded, broadcast on, you know, like a, we used a hotspot on a phone, like with the upload bandwidth, dude. And it Damn worked. Man. It worked. Yeah. And I, I did not think it was gonna, you know, I was like, dude, like, I know how cool it will be. Cause he wanted to have like interaction. Like, you know, yeah. we did it on Facebook live or watch or whatever. And people could like write to us. And like, he knew he had the idea. He was like, this is how I want it to be. And I'm, I'll never say like no to something, but I'm like, dude, I'm really not sure we can pull this off. And it was like a three week timeline too. Yeah. And we had like a buddy come in to run like the AV. We did it outdoors. So like, cause at that time we still were pretty, dude, every time we practiced, dragged everything out into the parking lot, set yeah. up the PA. Like we were committed to it. Cause we were like, you know what? Like this is our release. This is all we're getting. So we did that release. That was uh, October or sorry, November, 2020. And it worked, man. Cause Steve 
he we complement each other in the way the band functions and he's the guy that's like within reason if he has an idea and it sounds kind of crazy like he makes it happen he gets things done he's a go-getter yeah. and uh and and it's it's great to have that have someone like that um and and we did it and it worked and that was november 2020 and we we lined it up with like a band camp friday and sold record bundles and stuff and we did pretty well with it um and we and it was pre-sale and the records were coming in in uh, april 2021 i think we received the records on april 16th and our drummer passed away on april 9th oh no yeah. Damn, I'm sorry, and man. Thanks, man. Like, yeah, like a lot of people have been really supportive and there was a lot of like people reaching out and um, it means a lot. So if anybody listening to this, you know, reached out or supported us, we appreciate it. Um, but it was tough, dude. Like we're so excited for the release and like yeah. he never got to see it on vinyl, you know, um, mm. like we were all talking about them showing up like a few days before everything happened. So it's like drummer passes, records show up, and we're just like, "Damn, what do we do, dude? Yeah. Like, what do we do?" You know? And um, dude, like, what well, we didn't know at the time. So our buddy who did the audio for the record release, he took it all to the board and like recorded everything, audio and video. And he's like an engineer, and he mixed the stuff and whatever. So when we did the live show. We played the whole record, which is like an 11 minute EP. Like it's punk rock, dude. Like there's seven tracks, 11 minutes or something like, and then, and then, um, we also played everything that was on our previous EP that we have, like it's out of print. Like we did CDs, we sold through them all. Uh, that one's banana split. It was a split with another band. Okay. And, um, we played that all as part of the live stream to like do the whole show. And uh, our buddy who helped with the with the live stream, he had recorded all that, mixed it, made it sound really nice. And as like an Easter egg, without even labeling it, we stuck it on the back of the record. And that's so the vinyls have like the real record on one side and this like unmarked full live live versions of all the other songs on the back. And that's got Gabe's literally his final performance. Oh wow! So we've got him playing drums in the band and singing like on the vinyl damn so that was really special for us because yeah. it was like man like because he didn't record uh on the on the record oh, okay um that was a weird timing like because i said we sat on that for a while like yeah, yeah, yeah. the last thing our previous drummer did with us was record that record but gabe had been touring with us for like three years by the time by the time it was physical Damn. You know, he, he was in the band. He, you know, he wasn't with us for six months or whatever. Like, he was the guy. Right. So it was really tough. And then we had to decide, like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, the, the first step was, like, we just had to get on Zoom together and just, like, mourn. You yeah, know, yeah. like, we couldn't, we couldn't get together, really. Like, we, we weren't even thinking about the records or what were or yeah, shows yeah. or whatever. Just like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, um, mm. so we did that. Then we got together in person as the weather warmed up at my place uh, outside and like, what are we doing? And yeah, damn, it was very, very like nobody had a doubt that like, dude, like this guy gave like, you know, he struggled. He was a heroin addict mm. and uh, he struggled, but he was so passionate about music. And like, unfortunately, I've got a lot of experience with you know, people addicted to opioids and yeah. it's a big problem up here in New England. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess everywhere now, but you know, it's been, he's not the first friend I've lost. And, uh, I've got a lot of experience with addicts and like being in a band with an addict is something I never, a touring band at that is something I never thought would be possible. Cause like generally these aren't reliable people, but like, right. Never met a more positive dopehead in my whole <laughs> life. Like the, the kid was like struggling with heroin addiction and he was always pleasant. Like nobody's got a bad story about him. Like I never, I don't understand how the kid could be so upbeat. Like wow. just based on the life of an addict, and you know, and, and he worked his ass off. Like I think that was his other addiction. Like he just, you know, he 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 worked outside as well. Me, so me and him would kind of bond on that stuff. Like work war stories, and yeah, he worked his ass off, and he just all he wanted to do was play drums. He loved punk rock. He he was very very talented. He did solo stuff. Um. And he was down to tour and he was just like, so all about it. And like, 
loving and positive and loved the scene. And we were like, dude, like if we ended this band because Gabe died, like he'd come back and haunt us and, and fucking he'd be, he'd be furious. Yeah. Like he would want to like, what he would want us to do is just like, you guys better do everything you absolutely can with this band and play as much music as you possibly can. And like, you guys like need to keep going. It was, it didn't, and that's not a convenient interpretation on our part. Like, there's no doubt that that's what he'd want. Yeah. That's what we did. And then, uh, you know, I guess, luckily, Silver Lining, like, there were still not really shows. So we had some time to kind of figure out how we wanted to proceed. And um, we got a bud from Brooklyn, like, from Brooklyn, not, like, moved to Brooklyn, like, <laughs> Salvatore Mana from Sheepshead Bay, like... You know, and and he was up here in Boston going to Berkeley College of Music yeah. and uh, 20 years ago. And me and Steve were there and we met this kid, Sal. He was like one of the only other punk kids at Berkeley. And uh, he played in a band with Steve for a long time. And he's filled in on some in the meantime tours and stuff. So we were jamming with him for a while. And then um, our bass player is a Worcester guy who used to play in like Smart Bomb and Far From Finished, if you've ever heard of any of those bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a tight dude friend that he played with who he's a great drummer who played in all sorts of stuff and um so we were jamming with those two guys basically and just kind of like writing new music and getting a feel for each other and like trying to navigate figuring out who the drummer's going to be with two close friends and not bumming anybody out and it's most important to us to maintain the friendships it's been very point of the story is michael it's been very very confusing and a long road and we're just trying mostly to, to like do what we can for the band and not be dicks and like yeah. make sure everybody, you know, feels like it's a good problem to have, dude. Like we have two great options for drums that we've been talking to and like, we just want to kind of keep everyone in the loop and we've been trying to navigate this road and it's kind of starting to shake out and um, it's good timing because we've got some stuff coming up. Um, so we played a show with Sal uh, at the end of, february and it was really emotional dude like it was the first thing we did since gabe passed and you know it was emotional for everybody dude everything that everybody's been through like in the scene and you know it was i mean at one point it was like is there even gonna be still the scene like will it run out of gas with the pause you know i don't know if you were feeling any of that but like people seemed excited about live streams and then those kind of trailed off and it's like not that people don't care but like with that big of a break like who knows if it'll ever come back you know yeah. So it was just it was just a big deal, you know, like to, to be out there doing it again um, after everything we'd been through. And then we shot a video uh, after that with the other guy, Eric, <laughs> you know, like, and, 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 you know, just because everybody's involved in one way or another. Um, but we've been joking internally. We're like, dude, at a certain point, like, I, I don't know who the drummer of in the meantime is, so we really got to figure this out, like, you know. And 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 we're kind of now that things are kind of coming back to some sense of normal, uh-huh. uh, we've, we've got we, it's starting to kind of shake out, and then we're just gonna look forward. And uh, we're writing the new record, and uh, nice. we're doing Pooh's Quest in May. Oh, nice! Up in Montreal. Are you guys, you guys, ever done that one? Uh, no, we haven't been able to. Yeah. Well, if you ever do, and you need to crash in Boston, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, you know. You've got friends in Boston, dude. Like half of this podcast guests have been from Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've that's where my my dad's family's from. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Soft spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember you mentioning that to me when we met. Now that you bring that up. Yeah. 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 Prusa yeah, Fest is a fun one, dude. You guys, uh, if you're going to be touring next year, maybe that's yeah. a that's a fun one to hit. Yeah, we've we've been. We've played close to Montreal. I forgot where, like Ottawa. I think that's mm-hmm. close. To, yeah, so we played Ottawa. That's as close as we got to, to yeah. French Canada. Ottawa is a, a nice little town, but uh, the scene in Montreal is a lot more robust. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, that, and that festival is really supportive. They have a lot of pride about it, as they should. But, they're, you know, showing... I think they like to show what they've got through a scene. Yeah, in French Canada, you know, um, so there's there's a vibe there, and it's it's really supportive, and it's great, man. Like it's it's May is Pusa, and October is the fest, and you've got, you know, the people that work both are so like it just kind of feels very similar, where you feel like the festival really 
loves what they're doing and is like behind the bands and like behind the community. Yeah. And to have to have one event like that is a blessing and to have two kind of anchoring the season is is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder where the if somebody's going to try a third one somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, this this is so that the, you know, talk is cheap, and who knows? Maybe in a bunch of different cities, this kind of conversation has wow. gone on. But yeah. there's, there's been there's been talks about doing something smaller than both of those for sure in Boston because there's a couple like great like venues for the bands that like are in our scene that are all walking distance. Oh yeah. Um, so there's been some rumblings, and we've got a number of great promoters here, and you're familiar with a few of them. Oh yeah. We've got a we've got a supportive scene here, dude. Like I think Boston's the right size of city where it's like it's big enough that there's a lot of activity and there's a lot going on, and it's not big enough that everybody's stopped giving a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. it's some of these towns, dude. It's tough. It's just so saturated. But That's true, man. We're in that like Chicago pocket, you know. Like yeah. Chicago's a bigger city than us, but I feel like it's very similar. Where like. You know, neither of us are New York or Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're, we're big cities. Chicago is even bigger than Boston. But like, it's like we still have that pride. Like we want to show like, hey, hey, we're here too. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Is is Hong Kong uh, the worst staircase you've ever had to experience playing a show? Like actually playing a show yeah. because we just, we just shot our video and the whole video was shot in this like big industrial building in Worcester. And the guy did an unbelievable job and, and he had a whole crew and they were scouting locations. Dude, that video was wild, dude. Like we were so tertiary to that operation. Like it was, it was absurd, but I'll, I'm getting off track here, but um, they did such a great job and it was funny. Like, like we were at home, we were done and like people were like still shooting scenes for it. And I was like in bed with my girlfriend, like for this in the meantime video, like, yeah, what are you, you know, like, You're the star. Yeah. Well, I guess so, dude. The artist. But, like, um, the, the, the stand, dude, we had to bring, and we needed to bring the PA too. Cause we needed it for playback for the yeah. video. Uh, it was up five stories. Ooh. No, ele- no elevator, and it was like an industrial, unfinished warehouse type building. So the staircases were just straight up like plank, carpenter stairs. Where like I'm carrying the amps and the cabs, and like you're looking down five stories through. Uh, like I know all staircases are that, but like when it, it just seeing it, there's a there's an additional level of oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. So that was that was. It's funny, man. In 20 years of DIY music, that was the worst staircase I ever encountered. It was- oh, it's all good, man. Okay, so you're uh, yeah, you're talking about the the five flights of of industrial staircasing. Yeah, and then I could see to the bottom one. So was it? <laughs> so was it like like how like these weren't permanent stairs? These are like construction worker had like thrown these together stairs. So yes, yes, but I think yes and no. That those are the stairs, the ones you're picturing with that description. Those are them. Yeah. But I do think they're permanent because I think that's all they're using this building for now. Okay. It has all these different rooms. So like, to like, so we had to show up at eight a.m. for loading. We loaded in, and these guys were super pro, dude. So like, our bass player is uh, Ayatsi. It's like the international actor stage theater union like he works he he's a union worker who like builds equipment that they shoot movies and tv on oh, okay so, so like the people who do that like film crew like they're unionized and there's a couple different ones and and he's and, and he's in that one so i mean he's worked on like crazy stuff dude like like real movies and whatnot because they they shoot a lot of stuff in boston and in the boston area now yeah. like even not the next uh <laughs> the departed I know that one. Genre movie. Yeah. Like the town. Besides those ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Real. Like, you know, the ones that keep the dropkick Murphy's uh, relevant <laughs> or whatever. I'm just kidding. Those dudes are, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of their music, but they, they are around in the community and doing good things. That's, so. uh, yeah. At least they, at least they, they uh, yeah, they talk, they walk the walk too. And so, yeah, know. like, like I've never seen them at like a club show that like DIY bands play, oh, yeah. but they, they're also like in their fifties. So 
but they do they do a lot of charity work um they're around dude like i have respect for those guys but it's fun to dunk on them because dude like why not it took off and people like it but at this point it's kind of like a circus <laughs> it's it's a thing you know yeah. like it's a it's um it's a spectacle how's yeah. that yeah, they, yeah it's cool though like, like people have paid attention to the boston music scene partially because of them and uh, yeah for sure I don't have any bad things to say about them. Yeah, they uh they're one of the they, like them like Minor Threat and Rancid were like my gateway punk bands, I guess. Yeah. yeah I remember my brother had their live St. Patrick's Day live album from like I don't know, fucking 2002 or 3 or maybe even I can't remember or 2000 yeah. even. I but Yeah, dude, they're, they're they're an institution and like they're um, like people. They're the band that really broke out. Like you could almost make a case that they're sort of mainstream. You know, like to like like people know who they are, whether they're into like punk or not. You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's good for musicians in Boston. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, like I, I've never understood this idea that like you know someone from a scene breaks out and like we're all salty about it. Like I'm very much like a rising tide raises all the boats kind oh, of. Oh yeah. No oh, man, people—I don't know—people get jealous, and they're just like these fucking, you know. I don't know. There's a funny thing too, where it's like they're almost jealous more of the people who now know him or them that they think like shouldn't have the right to because they didn't know oh, about them before. Oh like, yeah, this is that whole thing. Like, yeah. like once it's not yours anymore, it right. kind of takes away from your ability to have that be tied in with like who you are. Like you're a guy who's yeah. in underground shit or girl, you know, and you're in you're in the like the scene and the underground stuff, and now like you're hearing it in Starbucks, and you're like, well, these fucking people were there at the Rat in 1987 oh, when man. I, started, you, know, it's, you know, there's those, but dude, whatever, man, and like you know, I'm, I'm not gonna pretend that I've never been guilty of that in my life in my younger years, but I'm so not like that, and I think that it's anything that has people looking at us is a good thing, right, man? You it know, I, I feel the same way. Um, there was a uh, there was kind of talk like that, like when the interrupters blew up, mm. you know, like, OK, like, oh, you know, they're playing the interrupters in between periods at the Bruins game. But like, you know, who goes to a show or whatever? And it's like, dude, if the whole mainstream starts getting into like punk and ska music, that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't like that. They listen to like Bruno Mars or whatever it right. is. You complain that people only listen to what's on the radio, then like some punk rock ends up on the radio and you're going to complain about that too. Like maybe it'll make people get interested in bands like ours, you know, Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I just, I can't be negative about anything like that anymore. You know, like it's music, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Like any, anytime there's something remotely like, Punk rock. I don't know. And now people are upset with like Machine Gun Kelly. Do you keep up with, you know what I'm talking about? I'm familiar with the trend. Yeah, I can't yeah. say that like I know a lot about him and his career, but I know that like he's kind of doing pop punk. Yeah. Um, and like kids are into it and only sometimes is there a band. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like, dude, like if a bunch of kids get into pop punk of whatever kind like great yeah you know as, as long as long as and i i don't know enough about machine and kelly to speak to this but as long as i feel like the music's authentic you know yeah right like i don't care if it's different than what i'm used to. like okay so he plays solo without or i don't know about him but some of these guys he works with it's like it's punk rock but it's like backing tracks and they're singing over it and stuff and some people have bent out of shape because it's like oh there's not even a band it's like well dude these kids are 19 years old. Like, it's not for us. Yeah, they, they don't care. They don't give a <laughs> shit. So, so great. So young kids are into, like, rock music and whatever. Like, that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Yeah. As long as he's not just, like, doing a color by number, make your own pop punk song. As long as he's, like, you know, it's real music. Because yeah. that's, dude, it's like when you go on tour and you play with bands that turn out to not really be punk bands. And some people are like, oh, it's a weird show. Like, the other two bands were kind of like whatever pick your genre it's like dude like they're doing a different thing like that's cool you know like it doesn't need to be here's here's people playing music and here's other people interested in music like it doesn't need to be just 
the thing I like or the thing I think we're supposed to be doing. Like yeah. it's, I'm all for it. Like right. the community just, you know, that's, that's my feeling on it. Like he's big. If you're going to complain about machine gun Kelly and pop punk being popular, like what are we doing? Here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From one pop punk music artist to another. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel similar. It's like, uh, it's, you know, what, what do I care? It's, um, Machine Gun Kelly isn't going to listen to this podcast and be like, you know what? Even if we were like ragging on him or whatever, it's like, yeah. And you know what? If someone feels that way and wants to like rag on the whole thing, that's their right. I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't feel that way. It's just, dude, life gives you so much bullshit. I, I can't make my own on top of it. You know, like. (laughs) you know like like i just want to like like what you're doing dude like you're putting in your time you're doing this podcast like we're making music it's all because we love it and like when we go on tour or go to shows like you see other people that are also making music and and we're making friends and building community and people come out and drink some beers or don't and listen to some music and hopefully like it's just making everything better for everyone so as far as the music goes and the scene goes, like I really only want to talk about things that builds us up and builds each other up. I don't yeah. want to talk about what I don't like about <laughs> fucking Machine Gun Kelly, dude. Like, <laughs> I think, it's, dude, like, if if pop punk becomes massive, you know, that's that's good for all of us. Yeah, it's good I for think all so. of us. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Great. Mm. Uh, so, so Eric works on movies. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, I can tell you're like me, dude. Like, I love it. Like, it's just, you know, well, I, it's you can, when you feel it, when I feel like a thread, like there's something to a thread of a thought or whatever, yeah. then let's just go there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But to put a bow on that, he, a guy he worked with wanted to do the video for us. Okay. So he was like, I like, I heard your record. I like this song. And, uh, I want, you know, would you guys want to do a video? And we were like, yeah, sure. And then like when we showed up, it was like super, super pro. And there were like gaffers and like a crew of like 20 or whatever. And it was like Dunkin' Donuts catering and sandwiches and shit. We're like, this is fucking wild, dude. And then why I brought this up is because 8 a.m. loading up the five flights, we shot up there for like two to three hours. And then all the next shots were like a nightclub, rock club scene. Yeah in the basement so, <laughs> so we loaded up the five that's the only reason why i wanted to get to this point in the story was like we we loaded up the five flights played for like an hour and a half up there and then loaded down into the basement of the building like right after mm. and it was like and we were you know what we were we were happy to do it yeah man because we, we had a great opportunity and the video came out cool and but yeah so so that and the hong kong are yeah. the staircases that i have nightmares about uh. When we when we did that show with you at the Hong Kong, we were acoustic that night, right? Yeah, Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, you were yeah. acoustic. So 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 it's funny you ask because I didn't remember this until you asked. But I sprained my ankle that night going down those stairs. <laughs> just being a acu- no no gear, <laughs> just acoustic yeah. guitar. I kind of buried the lead, huh? You're like, is that the worst staircase? My answer should have been yes. I sprained my ankle that night that you're talking about at that venue on the show we played together. I was like, here's all this other bullshit about Dropkick Murphys and fucking IATSE Union. Uh, oh, also, I, uh, I sprained my ankle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That place, uh, I don't think they're doing shows anymore. Mm, yeah. But um, Daniel uh, Coswell, the one who booked us on that show yeah. from Rebuilder, he's got he's back doing his other room, Charlie's Kitchen, and uh, also up a flight of stairs, but just one. And, uh, that's good. And he's got that going again, and, and that's that's a great night. That's a Monday night he's been doing for a number of years. So yeah. touring bands, if you're coming through Boston, hit up Daniel Coswell yeah. and play Charlie's Kitchen. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Get your Monday night filled out, and it'll be a good show. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember whenever we were trying to, whenever I was talking to him about setting up that show that we play with y'all, I, try, I was trying to do a Charlie's on a Monday, mm-hmm. and he was like, eh, that one's full, so. Yeah, our, our, that's the only night they do them. They only do them on Mondays. Yeah. So if you're coming in on a different night, you know, there's plenty of rooms to play. But, I mean, dude, like touring, knowing that your Monday night is going to be good is a luxury. Yeah, for sure. That's the one, you know, like Monday through Wednesday, it's like 
could be cool, might not be either way. Terrible. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, but knowing you got Monday, that's, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. So is, uh, Charlie's kitchen, is that, where's that, I guess? Uh, it's around the, the corner from the Hong Kong. Oh, okay. So it's in yeah, Cambridge it's, still? Yeah, it's Cambridge. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like walking distance, dude. Like, um, yeah, Harvard Square. Nice. And that place has been there forever. So they just have people come by and drink at the bar. And they're like, five bucks? I'll check out some bands. Like, So they've got a little bit of a built-in kind of walk-in thing. And uh, Harvard Square has, like, my first exposure to punks when I was a little, little kid. It was like, Harvard Square's, uh, I mean, Harvard's there. So it's, you know, there's college kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, my father used to take me down there when I was a kid. And, like, you know, it's very left-wing, liberal. Yeah. You know, all the things, all the things everyone's afraid of, the, the university elites, you know, tra- grooming us all. Right. Um, that's the vibe down there, dude. So, so there was always street performers, like, and there was this little area, this subway station where like all the punks would hang out. And that was like, I mean, I'm like five years old at this point. So that's like, they look like fucking bebop and rock steady from the Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's those, right. it's those kind of punks, like <laughs> 80s dudes with like pink mohawks and leather right. jackets. And I'm yeah. like. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. But, you know, and, and, and so so there's like a history around there of like punk rock and, you know, like the communist bookstore is there and stuff. Okay. So, so if people walk into Charlie's Kitchen not knowing that there's a show and then they go up there for five bucks, like punk rock's not going to bum them out. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> uh, I could see that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Dude. Uh, I'm actually really curious about like, um, your scene, you know, in Mobile, like, I mean, yeah. you guys are there and yeah. I mean, I know you tour and like, I know they got a lot going on in New Orleans and in Florida, but do you guys have to travel to do like the punk shows or do you guys have a little scene there? Uh, there's a little bit of a scene here. Um, it, it It's kind of weird though sometimes just because, I don't know, I don't, I don't always have my ear to, to the street with the, with new bands and stuff, so... I try to, but, um, yeah, there's a good handful of like newer bands here. So it's not too tough to get shows booked. Um, and usually when we play here, it's, it's pretty nice. People will come out. Um, but yeah, like touring bands, like we'll just kind of skip like bigger one, medium to bigger ones. We'll just like skip over this area. They'll go from like, you know, Austin to Orlando or something, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. so it's tough getting like bigger, bigger people oh, here, I guess. Even like, like handsome scoundrels. Like, do you guys do like four to five shows in mobile throughout the year? Like, yeah, you during like a normal year. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and this, and, and, and is it like, like there's other punk bands you play with and stuff and like, yeah. Um, kind of, I guess the, straight up like punk bands it's kind of more uh it's there's not a lot of punk bands i guess it's more like uh indie hard rock i guess if that makes sense yeah that's cool yeah hey man it's all it's like i was saying before dude like it's all diy music but like but there's music there and there's bands to play and like dude what you guys do is timeless yeah like no (laughs) you guys will never bum out anyone that's into like any sort of subgenre of punk rock i i think Thanks, you know man. maybe maybe there are just like a few people that are just like okay like this thing like i've heard that i'm, I'm over it yeah but i don't i think that's a very small slice i think everyone's always pumped to see like that like old school like lookout record sound in three piece thanks man like when you're at a show when you're at a show especially dude like you feel like you know the songs even if you've never heard the band yeah. before you know yeah i appreciate yeah. that man yeah, dude, like, it's cool. I don't ever want to live in a world where there's not bands like the Handsome Scoundrels oh. still still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? man. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun down here. And like you said, there's like New Orleans, which is cool. Uh, have, y'all, mm-hmm. have y'all played in New Orleans before? We've not made it to New Orleans. Um, we've done the coast, like, I don't know, three or four times. Yeah. 
Uh, we've done the Midwest. We've got, you know, out to Chicago and everywhere in between. But like South, once you're west of 95, we're a little thin on. We've done Tallahassee. Okay. So like we've got off 95. Oh, yeah. but, <laughs> hit I-10. But, yeah. What's that? You hit I-10. Let, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 did I ten. Uh, yeah, crossing Florida. We did yeah. Tallahassee. We've done we've done Canada a few times. Yeah. Like not all of it, but like you know Toronto up to. Well, actually, we've gone we've gone quite a ways up north into Quebec. Really? Um, How was that? Well, we've got that lost love connection, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've done stuff with them where we go into. Dude, those are the best shows. Yeah. Those are the best. Dude, I, got, I mean, we owe, me personally and our band, like, we owe a lot to Guillaume and Lost Love. Um, I I was an original member of Lost Love, actually. Really? Yeah. So, nice. so uh, in the early days, so in the meantime, was pre-Lost Love. I lived okay. in Montreal from 2010 to 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. Or, or sorry. I lived in Canada for that period. I was in Montreal for five years and then Ottawa for two. Okay. Um, you know, born and raised in Boston. I spent a year in the Bay Area out west. But um, I moved to Montreal in 2010, July of 2010. And in the meantime, started May of 2010. Okay. was our first show. Wow. So now, I don't know about for you guys, but at least where we were, there was like this little dead period of time where like punk rock was like super passe. Okay. It was like... You know, it, it was big in like the early 2000s and like, you know, that in, in, in 2004, 2005, 2006, some more of like the really poppy kind of like emo stuff came in mixed yeah. with like a little more of like the resurgence of like the indie and like the post punk and all that stuff. And there was a period there where like playing punk rock was like really uncool. <laughs> it was like it was like childish and like. Oh yeah, I used to listen to like like Lagwagon. Like I used to listen to like that. Like, you know, Lagwagon's got that album. I think my brother used to listen to Lagwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that was like 2008 ish that that album came out 12 years ago already, or, or I guess you know more now. Um, and then around 2010, like so so you know like my we were in bands before then. That kind of sort of ended around that time when I moved out west and came back and like Steve was like, Hey, you know, I've been writing some songs. You want to like play them? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he went in and did a demo by himself of like three songs in the studio. And that's how we got our name. Cause the engineer was like, so what's the name of the band? And it was just Steve. Okay. <laughs> he was like, uh, he's like, I don't know. Like, I'm, like, I'll have to think of something. And the guy was like, well, in the meantime, I'll just put, and he's like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know? So he's like, that's it. So Steve had this demo. So we're kind of in a weird way in the meantime, sort of like, uh, like a super group, you know, like yeah. we're like two different bands ended and we were like, yeah, let's where who's left, yeah, you know? And, but, but what was cool about that was, you know, so the early years of in the meantime, it's like, we were just playing like bars, like in our hometown, like in Peabody and stuff, like not even, we played Boston and stuff, but we, we weren't looking to do anything. And then I was up in Montreal and like, that's a five hour drive and I'd come home and would do a show and whatever. But we had no real aspirations. And then while I was up there, I met Guillaume in Boston, believe it or not. And we realized we both lived in Montreal and were basically neighbors. It's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. And Guillaume was looking for a new band. His band was Sack Attack was his old band. How about that? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and him and Vinny, who, who was the drummer in that band who plays in Lost Love, was looking for a new band. Um, they were getting something together and like asked if I was interested. And I... I was like, yeah, dude, like, cause I wanted to make friends up, up there and like be involved in the music scene. So I was, I was on like their first couple re like recordings, like the EPs and stuff that came out before the first full length. Um, we did the first big tour together. Um, so we were tight and the first in the meantime tour, uh, like members of, of lost love couldn't make it. Members of in the meantime couldn't make it. So the lineup in the meantime was me and Steve, our buddy Sal from Brooklyn came up and played drums on that tour yeah. and Guillaume played bass. Nice. <laughs> and then it would switch to Lost Love and me and Guillaume would like do a 360 and like Steve and Sal would walk off and like Vinny and Mark would walk on and it was like, now we're Lost Love. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, ah, yeah, so ah. that's what you, yeah. But yeah. dude, that's what you got to do. Like once, and, and, and Guillaume was a little tied in because of like, 
Puza Fest had started and was growing and he was involved in that. Mm-hmm. And like Hugo Moody, who runs that festival, who sang in St. Catharines, was like yeah. kind of supporting everybody in that scene. And it opened my eyes to the fact that like there was kind of like a regrowing DIY scene for punk rock. Yeah. Like the emo stuff was kind of phasing out. And all these bands that like I was uncool for listening to, all of a sudden they were like popular again. Like, oh, these guys are legends. And it's like, okay, like it's kind of like we were talking about before, dude. Like, am I going to get upset? Like, I had another friend who I won't name who was like, yeah, dude, like everyone's acting like Lagwagon's their favorite band. Like, you know, I was like lame for listening to Lag. I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, the kind of music we play is popular again. Like, yeah, let's yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Like, so, so Guillaume kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there was like, you could, you could still do it. Yeah. And then since then, and then since then, we, we've just been running. Like, let's do everything we can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so then that means I quit working in an office and ruined my life financially. And I've never been happier, you know? Damn, yeah. Just playing music and tour. I toured with those guys a couple more times. My first fest was filling in on a tour with Lost Love. Nice. Um, yeah, so I owe a lot to those dudes and, uh, you know, they're good friends and, um, yeah, I think Lost Love's got a new album. Go check them out as long as I'm pumping everyone's tires today, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. We, uh, I got the new Lost Love album, Empathy. Yeah. I had a game on, I don't know, two months ago or something like that on the show. Yeah. I I watched that one because, uh, like I said, I'm like, this guy's got to tell people, dude, like I didn't even know, you know? So he's not, he's not doing the, he's not doing the legwork for you, man. Damn, dude. Game. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I remember I, uh, whenever I was, I sent him like, okay, here's the episode. I, I sent him, I also sent him a message. Like sometimes I'll just put like poppy, like P A P I in there. And he was like, I guess it's lost in translation. I, I guess in French that means grandfather or like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so <laughs> ah, it was funny. Um, he's, um, I love talking with him about language. Um, yeah. you know, for anyone who doesn't know, we're talking about a guy who's bilingual, speaks yeah, English yeah. excellently, yeah. but has an accent. His first language is French. And, um, something just actually just a couple of hours ago, really funny language story came up telling my girlfriend about, when we were doing that, in the meantime, Lost Love tour, this was like 2013. I mean, I was living in, in Montreal and I was I was trying to, you know, improve my French, learn French as much as I could. And Guillaume was, uh, you know, could speak English well, but he's the kind of guy who it's not good enough for him to like get his point across. He's really interested in like the linguistics and like, why does this word work? And like, he had a huge problem with this versus that. Why is it like that CD, that song, this song, like or, that oh, place? Okay. So he'd like want to know and would try to like parse it and he'd ask me questions and I'd be like, you know what, dude, like I don't get an answer. It just sounds right. Right. But one, we were in the van and I'll never forget this. It was so funny. Steve was talking about something and he, he used the phrase, this too shall pass, you know, yeah. which is like, Hey, if you're on tough times, however right. bad it feels right. like this too shall pass. And Guillaume just goes, huh? Oh, okay. That's what that phrase means. And we're like, why? What did you think it means? He's like, I always thought it was like something if, you know, you want something, but you don't get that thing, but you get something that it's also pretty good, you know, like, oh, this pizza is not the pizza that I wanted. This too shall pass. <laughs> like, uh, this will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, dude, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. So now, like, sometimes we'll just, like, Hey, how's like, you know, your burger? Oh, this too shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Well, yeah, he's a good dude. We have fun with those dudes. Yeah. You know? Oh man. And he he was telling me that like his solo stuff, he's got some things set up where it's like his songs are in grocery stores and stuff like that. It's yeah, like, That's yeah, wild. I mean, I'm sure you talked. I can't remember. I mean, I did watch that episode. But I don't remember the exact conversation, but I'm sure he mentioned like, in Canada, they want to promote Canadian art and music. Yeah. And, espe- and in Quebec, especially to preserve the French language, they want to promote French language music. And and I always tell him, because, like, you know, I learn things about what they do. And, like, there was a tour to Europe that I couldn't go on because they were all getting grants from the government. And, like, I'm not a citizen, so they wouldn't have had the grant if I was in the line. I, like, stuff. Oh, they damn. paid that, like, because the, the government's paying them to go abroad and, like, promote 
Quebecois culture yeah. in Europe. And I always tell them, like, dude, like, you don't understand how bonkers that sounds to That's us wild. in America. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, the state of Alabama, like, giving you guys yeah. a grant so the handsome scoundrels could go fucking drink beer across the country and play punk? Like, no fucking way. No fucking way. Right. No. Yeah. And I live in the glorious Commonwealth of Massachusetts where we're all like communist pinko liberals and we're not getting money, you know? Right. Not to not to travel and play punk rock across across to spread the word across the lands, you know? Yeah. Make it be known. Yeah. Quebecois are playing punk rock. Here we are, it's Swiss people. God, dude. Yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> wild. Fucking cool, dude. Yeah, I've heard it's I've, awesome. I've heard of some um some like uh, friends from like Toronto, like doing stuff for the government or whatever getting a grant or i'm just like yeah. that yeah that would never happen <laughs> like you said it, Money's available. Right. they make it available yeah. you know they they, they think it, they prioritize that culture believe it or not yeah but hey you know what did i say i don't want to hate i want to be positive right that's right yeah yeah no. <laughs> so then what but then what do they do they make festivals that we can come and play right. yeah no nah, man yeah. you know if it's so much better when i'm able to like almost max out a credit card because I like feel it's like more I've earned it, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, we we just it's funny, dude. Because like I've had some I've had a wide breadth of touring experiences. Because yeah. like, um, you know, I've, I've I've done like a little bit of tour managing too. Like, you know, I've been out. Um, I owe these guys a lot of a lot of thanks too. The guys in Make War, you know that band? Oh yeah. They're yeah. From so Brooklyn, I go out on right? tour with or, them a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're they're a Brooklyn band, and um. Uh, I've, I've tour managed for them on a number of tours and like, I'm not like a tour manager dude. Like I, I'm a, I'm a performer at heart and, yeah. uh, you know, you, like I said before, you need everybody in the scene and tour managers are important, but I never had aspirations to do that. But I met those guys when I was out on the road with another band and they needed someone and we got along and they asked me to do it. And I was like, guys, like I have no experience doing that to be honest. But like, if you think I'm the guy, like, sure, let's try it. And we got along and I go with them because like, it's like friends, dude. Like yeah. it's not, they treat me good. And if, if it, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it if it wasn't fun. And if it didn't feel like we were like equals, you know, like yeah. I'm not, I don't want to be like an employee for a band, dude. Like, cause to tell you the truth, as much as I love them, when I'm on tour on them with them every night, I watch them set up, sound check, fucking play a rip and set at a cool venue. And I'm like, fuck man like that's what i want to be doing yeah, like I'm, happy, yeah. I'm thrilled to be helping them out to be part of this and to, like sell their merch and like do everything i can to make them have the best tour and grow their band but like that's what i want to be doing right so if i didn't like them and they weren't cool like it would be torture to like do that for someone else who i didn't respect and believe right. in you know yeah but um you know through doing that i've, I've it's dude, that's this world man like it's networking it's yeah. like through doing that all the people i've met and, and friends dude like it's not like what can they do for me it's like now you just you just it's just a cool community we've got and the more I'm out there, the more of it I get to to meet and, and interact with and have fun with and like you know, like you maxed out your credit card like you were saying, dude, but like it, it it's it's not like for nothing. Yeah, you know? oh like yeah, I know. Yeah. You're, you're investing in like doing what makes you happy in life. Right, you know? for sure. Absolutely. Awesome, dude. Like me, dude. What's the chances you and I meet each other if it weren't for the fact that we both like playing three chord songs with catchy melodies? You know? Uh, yeah, not not <laughs> high. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And this is awesome, dude. Like, so, yeah, dude. Like, and 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 I hope that maybe I have to think about this more and try to do it more actively. But like, I'm sitting here thinking about all the people that have helped me do so many things that I feel like are accomplishments or that made me happy. I hope that. I can do that. You know, that people can come say, Oh yeah, Dan helped me out with that. Or like in the meantime, like, yeah, they're good guys. Like they, they helped us when we, when we, you know, and yeah. I'm so glad I met those guys, you know? So just, I'm just, I just try to take that kind of mentality to it, dude. Like it's hard dude, because like, and in Boston too, like the scene here is really supportive, but it's also really competitive. And that it's because there's a lot of great bands here and a lot of great promoters and a lot of good venues. And, as much as we all want to help each other, sometimes a cool tour comes to town. We all want that spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's okay, dude. Right. And like, yeah. that's, that's how it should be. Of course we all want it. And I think it's easy sometimes to forget that, like, yes, especially when it's tangible and right there, like 
it seems really important to get that thing or to, or to get that, that make that thing happen. And I'm not saying it's not, I'm not trying to downplay that, but like when a couple years go by, people will remember the good experiences they had with you more than like that, the show. Yeah. You know, like if we play a cool show, but we step on someone along the way to get there, like what do you think is going to be remembered? Right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. Wanna, good for everyone. The rising tide, right? That's right, man. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's true. It's a, uh, especially in uh, our world of punk rock. Yeah. You, if somebody screws you for, and you're just like, what the, for what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not usually as overt as that. It's yeah. not you. Like, I mean, I don't know, like at least in my experience or in our scene, like I've heard horror stories, like, you know, some people I know who are just kind of tied into the seed in a lot of different ways. And I don't want to drag their names into it. Like they have these stories that I just can't believe are true. Cause they're so nightmarish. You know, yeah. like, like I can't believe that. Like, that's a thing that like I, if you hadn't told me and I didn't know you, I don't think I could believe this story in a vacuum. Cause it sounds so horrible. Like who would yeah. do that? Like money or just like promises or whatever. Yeah. But I thought the stuff is more like, I mean, dude, you know how it is. Like, there's a lot of really great people, but there's a lot of pretending. You know, I don't, I don't like how much yeah. like perceived coolness comes into the equation in our yeah. scene. I, I don't like when people talk about punishers. That kind, you know, I don't. Maybe I am one, and I don't know it. But like, regardless, dude, like, there's not a ton of money in this game, dude. And if someone is such a big fan, yeah, that it upsets you for, for five minutes because you get trapped in a conversation. And dude, I worked the merch table for a touring band on Fat. I I know how tough it can be. Yeah, yeah. I buffer that, you know, like. But dude, I will never put myself above someone else that way. Like insult someone for their passion or right. like God forbid, like you know, a lot of times those people have fucking problems, dude. They're like drunks or like they're down and like, this is their biggest night. They're seeing yeah. one of their favorite bands and yeah, maybe they're a little over the top or too much. But like, I feel like when people talk about punishers, it's like they're putting themselves like above those people. Yeah, and it's sure. like, those are the people that buy the shit, dude, right. buy the tickets. Like, that's where the money comes from, dude. So like, I don't like that. I don't like that. People feel like they can't call someone out when they're douches just because like they're, fucking big dogs or something yeah, you know? like, yeah, I don't know. status like, people or whatever just, people are just so weary to like you know and and you know maybe i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because when i say call people out you know earlier i'm talking about how i want to be positive now i'm like you know you should call people out for being a dick it's like maybe more what i mean is just like it's, we're all there's a there's just some, some that's the stuff i see more rather than someone totally screwing you or whatever yeah i see more of just kind of like if someone isn't cool or they can't do something for you, it, people can have a tendency to kind of like ignore them or yeah, dismiss for them. Sure. And, not, and not necessarily on purpose, but it's just that none of us in this scene, except for maybe like 1% of the 1% are big enough that they're not all reliant on everyone else in the scene. Right. Yeah. That's it. So it's like, I, I those are the things that I see that are a little unfortunate, you know? So we try to leave, try to leave a good wake, you know? Damn. Yeah. Mm, those are, those are, those are good. Uh, do you have, I don't know. I was going to ask you if you have any, uh, closing words, but that was pretty good. Well, <laughs> if you ask me if I got a couple words, dude, you're going to get a few more than a couple. I mean, I don't know if you figured that out. <laughs> no, I'll just, I, I do. I do like, I do like this theme to leave it on, but let me end it on a positive note and just say like, with that in mind, um, I'm glad, dude, this is almost like a therapy session. Like, where do I got to send my yeah. copay? You know, hey, like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll send you, that, an, I'll send you an itemized statement. You know. Yeah, dude. You think uh, my my so beautifully socialized Massachusetts insurance will? Do you take it or is it too? Sure, it's too social yeah, for me. For for yeah, Alabama, too, too social. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, dude. Thank God for that. But but yeah, it's like through talking to you and saying like you know you can think about these things in your head, but I'm saying them to another person out loud. I hear my own voice. I hear what I'm saying. Like I'm gonna pledge to try to like remember to be that way. Yeah. You know, like, remember what I'm here for, like to play music, to make friends. And if, you know, hopefully help each other out. Like I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of people that have helped me out and have helped us out. Yeah. So I'm going to try to 
have when people think of me hopefully that's the ways i'm gonna try to add so that hopefully that's what they come away with hell yeah that's good i like that that's a good Thanks, uh, good attitude yeah yeah dude. uh dan uh you had options but you decided to talk to me uh i appreciate it yeah can i can i end on one thing yeah and I'm, because you know, because i forgot stay, i've had so uh, yeah. much fun talking to you i i forgot to say what we got going on. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, plug, like, plug whatever yeah, you want. So, plug. so in, in the meantime, uh, Instagram at it meantime is going to be the best way to find stuff. Um, we have a link to our band camp with music and merch on there. going to be at Pooza Fest in May. Uh, we've got a new video on YouTube. Um, in the meantime, it's too generic of a term. So we named the song you're the worst because that's not at all generic of a term. <laughs> So search for In the Meantime, You're the Worst if you're interested in checking out a new video from us. And uh, I'm good. Thank you so much for give, letting, me, letting me blow hot air out of my face for however long I did that for. Uh. <laughs>